But John said, After these things I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. He says, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And I believe there's principles for worship right here just in this because what you're doing is he's caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day, it says. And when he's caught up, he begins to see worship around the throne of God. Because here's the thing, we're worshiping here tonight, but I'm telling you, we are only a representation of what is happening around God's throne right now, 24-7. And we reflect what God is doing, what's happening around His throne. But the first thing He says is there's a door. I want you to pay attention to that. He said, I looked and behold, there was a door that was open in heaven. And a door represents opportunity. A door represents what's behind that door. There's always something behind a door for us to enter into. You know, Jesus, in the book of Revelation, He quotes Isaiah 22 and He said, I'm the one who has the key of David. And I open doors that no man can shut, and I shut doors that no man can open. And I believe that right now in this very season that for many people, God has shut some doors in your life. And maybe you're a little bit upset about some of the doors that have been shut. But I guarantee you, God is getting ready to open another door in your life. He's getting ready to say, I'm going to bring you into a, a different season, into a new thing. But he says, I have the key of David. See, there's a key to this. Now... A lot of people will argue different things about the key of David, but David was a man who understood praise and worship more than anybody. He instituted 24-7 worship because he knew that there was power behind it. And I believe that the key that opens doors a lot of times in our life is prayer, is worship, is giving praise to God. And I believe that whenever we worship God, doors are beginning to open. But see, there is a door. He told the last church in the book of Revelation, now he was speaking to the church, and he said, listen, he told them that they were lukewarm, that they didn't have any fire, any passion for God. And he told them that they needed to come alive or he was going to spew them out of his mouth, literally. And then he says to the church, not to the world, but to the church, to believers, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. See, he's saying you can have church and you can sing songs, but am I the object of your worship? Because I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And he says, if you'll open that door, he said, I'll come in and I'll sit with you and we can have communion. I'm telling you, your life will transform. Your life will change when you just decide to open that door for Jesus and say, Lord, I really want you to come in for real this time. And so we open that door and the next thing we find is an invitation. And we have this invitation because he says in the scripture, he says, I heard a voice like a trumpet that said, come up here. Because when we choose to open that door and worship and enter into God's presence, all of a sudden you hear a voice and there's an invitation. And he's saying, you know what? There's some deeper things that I want to show you. I want you to come up to a place that's a little bit higher. You know, the book of Revelation is called the book of Revelation. Literally in the Greek, it's apocalypse. And apocalypse just means to take off the veil, to show you things that you've never seen before. And when you finally open that door and you enter into worship, there's an invitation where all of a sudden he begins to call you up to things that you've never seen before. And he says, if you'll come up here, I'm going to show you some things that are about to come to pass in your life. Now he was going to reveal to John things beyond maybe what we could ever tap into in its fullness. But I believe that when we enter into worship, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. 
He'll reveal things to you about your life in this place of worship. So when we come, we're open to that. In Psalm 27, 8, David said, When you said, seek my face. See, the Lord gives us an invitation. He says, seek my face. His heart responded, Lord, your face I will seek. So when God gives us an invitation, we have to make sure that we respond to the invitation. He said, when he opened that door and he responded to the invitation, immediately he said, I was in the Spirit. There's something that happens in the place of worship. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but all of a sudden you move into another dimension. You move into another realm. I remember I, I was telling you all this morning that last night I was laying on my floor, I was worshiping God, and all of a sudden I was in the Spirit, so to speak. In my mind, people came to my mind. God was dropping things into my heart. And we're not talking about a trance or something where I've lost control, but I'm talking about connecting with where God is at in the Spirit. Because God's not in the seen realm. He's not here. He's not flesh and blood. God is Spirit. And if we're going to enter into communion with God, we've got to understand that He's in another dimension. He's in a place where we can't see, we can't touch it, but it's the place where we are most ourselves. It is in the realm of the Spirit. And He says, immediately, I was in the Spirit. And He said, I begin to see these things. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us in worship. Do you know you'd never even lift your hand if it weren't for the Holy Spirit moving you? Anybody can lift their hands, but pure worship flows from the fact that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us, and He is our worship leader. And in the place of praise, in the place of worship, He speaks to us, He communes with us, and you know what? The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. A lot of times, we love the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is a member of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you know that ultimately we worship all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you know that Jesus said about the Spirit that when the Spirit comes he doesn't point to himself he always points to Jesus and when he's in the spirit all of a sudden the spirit centers his focus because when the Holy Spirit shows up he's going to center your focus he's always going to pull you to the one thing that matters and he says I was in the spirit and all of a sudden I looked and behold I saw a throne I saw a throne that's the fourth thing he saw this throne, and the throne is the center of all things. The throne is the place of submission because when you open that door, when you respond to God's invitation, and all of a sudden you're in the Spirit, you look and you begin to see the one who sits on the throne. We're talking about the way maker, y'all. We're talking about the almighty God. We're talking about the one that holds all things in his hand. From him all are, are all things. To him are all things. He deserves the glory. Amen. He sits on the throne. He has all power. And all of a sudden we realize He's the King. He's the one that's in control. He can move the mountains. He can do what we ask. And we have His attention because we've come boldly before this throne. Jesus has given us access. There's nothing holding us back from entering into the throne room anymore. And He's seated on that throne. And I love what it says in Hebrews 4.16. It says that because of Jesus, we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. See, we've got a king that sits on the throne, but our king is not a tyrannical ruler. Our king is one who loved us so much that he chose to come down and enter into our pain, enter into our suffering, die for our sin, and ultimately redeem us and save us. And he says, I've given you access. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to let your sin or your fear of what's happened to you keep you from entering into my presence. You can come and you can worship freely. And if you come to my throne, there'll be grace there and you can obtain mercy and you can find help in your time of need. How many of you need help right now? Say, man, I need help from the Lord. 
I need help in this situation. I don't know how to get, get through it. I'm telling you, tonight God can bring help to you. He can show you the direction you need to move from here on. And then finally, he says, on the throne, I saw the one. Over and over again, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the one. Some of y'all, you ever seen that movie, The Matrix? Neo, right? He, he's supposed to be the one. Can I tell you that there is only one? And his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the one. He's the one that sits on the throne. And when we talk about worship, man, we love the songs. But everything, everything is all about the one. In my life, all that matters is that I know the one. That's all that I care about. I don't care if I have a good ministry. I want those things. I want a good ministry. I want my family life to be good. We want all those things. But all of those things come to us as a result of us focusing on the one. You can have all of these desires. You can, you, can, you can want for this and want for that and say, well, I just wish I had a better job. I just wish I had a better spouse. I wish my kids would act a little bit better. But if you would just let that go and focus on the one. If we would just say, you know what, my life isn't perfect. Things haven't worked out just the way that I wish they had. But if I can just get my focus back on the one. The only thing that matters He's the only thing that I need. So many times in life I've been disappointed with things that have happened, the way things that have gone, and I've got back to, my, to this place where I refocus and worship on the one, and I say, Lord, if you don't give me nothing else, all I want is you. All I want is the one. And see, when you recognize that, something happens, and here's the last thing. And this is the crown. Because it says... In this same setting, when he sees this throne, he says in, in chapter 4, verse 10, he says, the 24 elders, they fall down before him who sits on the throne. I think people sometimes they think, well, you know, heaven seems a little bit boring. I mean, we're just going to be floating around on clouds, singing and praising God all day like it's going to be boring. When you enter into the full presence of God, it will be the least boring thing that you've ever experienced. And a word won't have to be spoken. A word won't have to be spoken. You will fall down on your face. And you will begin to praise and worship God. And you will be filled with more joy, with more love, with more purpose, with more meaning than you've ever experienced in your life. And the good news is we can get a foretaste of that in the here and in the now because of what Jesus has done. He says the 24 elders, they fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. And you say, who, who are the 24 elders? Scholars differ on what this could be, but you have 12 Old Testament tribes, right? And it represents all of the saints that knew God before in the Old Covenant. And then you have the 12 apostles, which represent all of the New Covenant saints. Whether they were old or whether they were new, it represents the full body of all the true worshipers of God that have decided to say, you know what, Lord? I don't want this world. I want you. And you're the one that I'm going to bow down before. You're the one that I'm going to give my life for. You are worth giving my life for. I'm not chasing money. I'm not chasing things. I'm not chasing this world because none of those things can fulfill. You're the one. And because of that, what does it say? It says, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. When you enter into worship, there's a place in God where all of a sudden you realize that the reason you were created is not for yourself. It is not to bring glory to your name. 
It's not for you to become famous. It's not for you to succeed even. God wants all good things for us. He does. But you live for one reason, for one purpose, and that is to bring glory to His name. And all of these elders, one day we're going to realize if we become the most successful people in the world, if we impact the generations to come for the kingdom of God, and when we go up to heaven, what we're going to do is we are going to be rewarded based on our works here in this life. And Jesus will likely put a crown on many of us and say, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. And what we will do is we will have this revelation that every good thing that came out of us was simply because we chose to worship the one who sits on the throne and he filled us with his spirit and he empowered us to do every good thing that we ever did. And we will have no choice but to take the crowns off of our head and say, Lord, all my success, every good thing I ever did, everything that I gave away, every person that I ever loved, it was because of you and you deserve the glory. From you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory, Lord. So I want you to stand to your feet because we're going to enter back into worship. But right now, here's the thing that the Lord is asking us to do. I know that the Lord wants to minister to you and He's going to do it right where you're sitting at your seat. But I'm telling you, the key to what God is asking us to do is to lay down our lives and finally come to a place where we surrender and say, Lord, we don't want nothing except you. We want to worship you, Jesus. We want to live for you. We give our lives to you. And what that means is I no longer get to have a say in what I do with my life. Years ago, when I was 20 years old, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I've done it my way long enough, and I'm sick of it, and I can't take any more of it. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do. And there's many times that I didn't want to do what the Lord asked me to do. He was putting his finger on things that he was asking me to give up, and if you're going to move forward with God, there's going to be many things that he's going to ask you to lay down. But I'm telling you, there is never anything that you give up for the Lord that He does not give it back to you in return a hundredfold. A hundredfold. When the Lord's asking you to lay something down, it's just because He has something better up here. He's saying you can let that go down here because I've got something up here. And if you will come up a little higher and lay that down, I'll show you things you never dreamed of. I'll open doors that no man can shut. You don't need political power or connections. You need me because I'm the one who sits on the throne. So lift your hands to him one more time. Lord, we just declare that in this place that, Lord, you are worthy to receive all the glory, all the honor. And all the praise. And here's what I want you to do. As we worship over these next several songs, I want you to come into a place where you say, Lord, I'm laying down my life. I'm giving you everything. And I want everything that you are, God. I'm asking you to fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Just ask Him right now. Say, Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. I need the power of your Spirit in my life. I need to be baptized afresh. I need fresh oil. I need a fresh anointing, God. I need to be strengthened. I need wisdom, Lord. God, I need everything that you are. And right now, I'm laying down all that I have and all that I am so that I can know you, Jesus, and you alone. From you are all things. To you are all things. Lord, you deserve the glory. You're worthy to receive honor and glory and praise. Amen. Amen. We're going to enter back into worship, folks. And I just want you to give it all to Him. Give your heart to the Lord. Let Him minister to you. Let Him speak to you over these next few songs and let's worship him together. Amen. Amen.